What's up? It's Andrea. Today, we discover another phaser setting. We geek out about alien physiology, and we ask the question, seriously? What the F with that weird sex scene? Come nerd out with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're breaking down Season 4, Episode 15, First Contact. This episode was written by Mark Scott Zakri and directed by Cliff Bull. During an away mission to observe a pre-warp civilization, Commander Riker is injured and brought to a hospital where the locals quickly realize that he's not from their world. Despite the attempted intervention of the planet's sympathetic science minister, Picard and Troy's efforts to revive Riker are stymied by the government's concern about the social crisis that a widespread revelation of his presence could trigger. This episode felt very on point with like where we are in our society in 2022. Seriously. Mm -hmm. It really, really did. And this episode was shot in like 1991. And I was like, geez, Louise, we're like kind of in the same place again. Yeah. So if you are listening to this episode and you're in the future, we want to say hello. Um, If you've already made contact with the Vulcans, tell them we said, what's up? Um, Don't tell them we said that. Sharice, don't, that's not what we want our first it won't be the first thing they hear it'll be like (laughs) after they make friends and they start introducing the podcasts so what i love (laughs) so what you're saying is in your world podcasts will be introduced to them okay you know what eventually yes after their friends (laughs) not immediately eventually all right culture sharing fine fine what i love about this episode (laughs) is that kind of what you said is that I'm imagining the whole time I was watching, I was imagining how would this happen today? Like if there was somebody who landed in a big hospital in downtown LA, um, Mm -hmm. near where Andre and I live currently. Um, and they kind of look like a human, like their face looked like a human, but then you Mm -hmm. looked at their hands and their feet and their internal organs. And it was very clear that they're not at all human. What kind of ruckus would this stir? And I just thought as you're watching the episode, (laughs) like as I'm watching the episode as a viewer, it seems like, oh my gosh, this people, they're so backwards or they're so like xenophobic or they're so afraid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, but if that was happening in LA, oh my gosh, there'd be martial law. There'd be tanks running through the streets. There'd be all kinds of UFO oh, chasers so? here. Absolutely. I, like, I mean, think I about like people- it would just be kept so hush hush that we would literally never, ever hear about it. But the only way for it to be kept hush hush is for the people at the hospital to alert the government immediately which is not oh, what I they did in this episode. That's true. This is true. Yeah. So the, hospital, to, the word of it spread like wildfire. The word spread before the government even knew, which is exactly, I think, what would, like if that kind of scenario happened where people in the hospital are like, oh my gosh, there's an alien. I mean, first of all, it'd be like on all the social medias within three minutes. So mm-hmm. everybody would know. Um, and it and then it probably would look like a big cover-up. But I mean, people would freak out. And I actually thought these people didn't go far enough. If they thought it was an alien invading yeah. their home, trying to look like them, but not really look like them, it seems super yeah. suspicious, super suspicious. Extremely. You know? Okay. So initial thoughts seems like one, I feel like I got a lot of initial no, thoughts. No, no, that was one. That, that was all final thoughts, really, like, or overall thoughts. Initially, I just. <laughs> so you just leapfrogged the entire episode. So this were your initial thoughts. If you see the Vulcans, Vulcans tell them we said, what's up? <laughs> and also. um. TikTok would be full of the information of like an alien invader. <laughs> There'd be no government cover up possible in today's technological world. I don't know how they I, did know, it back I gotta then. I agree with you on that. I do have to agree with you on that one. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't so, know how you all did this. Right. But I remember when I first watched the episode, I remembered seeing this episode. And I remember it had interesting parts and I remember it had really, really cringy parts. And in rewatching it, I, I noticed that there was a ton of interesting parts and exactly mm-hmm. one cringy part. That's mm-hmm. the only part I remembered from this episode. So that was kind of unfortunate. That. You and I did sort of talk about this a little bit in person where you're like, oh yeah, when we talk about first contact, there's that super cringy part. And I went, what cringy part? Not because it wasn't cringy, but it's because I don't remember ever watching this episode. It's entirely possible that like when I was a kid and I used to watch the show when it first aired with, when I was a kid with my dad, mm-hmm. we might've missed a week or something. Cause I have zero memory of this episode. It was a first time watch for me as far as I'm aware. That's awesome. Um, I can't wait to hear what you thought about it. Well, I mean, also there isn't a ton about it. That's like very memorable. So it's possible that I've watched it before and I just forgot. Mm, Cause like, it's mm -hmm. not that it's not that special. Mm -hmm. Um, you know how, like last week I was like, Oh, I feel like I say every episode is my favorite. This one's not, it's not, it's not special. (laughs) It's not that great. It's not that bad. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like vanilla ice cream where it's like, like, it's all right. It's like the other first contact episode with the proto-Vulcans, right? Where you're like, oh, totally. this is interesting, but I forgot that this episode ever happened. And immediately after watching it, I'll forget about it again. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that episode that we were like, when did that episode happen again? After we had already recorded a review of that episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, did we see that one? I don't think we did. It's like the proto-Vulcans are like, doesn't ring a bell. This one is going to not ring a bell like a season from now as well. So I had no memory going into it. Um, I will say, that this episode has arguably one of the best pre-credits suspense scene ever. Mm, okay. And here's, and here's why. The episode opens with some sort of alien sickbay and some patient that we don't see very well is being wheeled into the alien ER mm-hmm. and they have all of these medical terms that are not familiar to us, but I love how flushed out it all was. There was extensive damage to the um, telencephalon. The cardial organ was found in the digestive tract, which by the way, the actress who said it, and I went back and re-listened to it like five times. She said track, like a racetrack. Mm. And it felt like a cheese grater on my ears. I was like, oh <laughs> no, it's a tract with a T at the end. But okay. He was missing three. Tea. Yeah. <laughs> He's missing three costal struts on one side and four on the other. And they, they find, they look at his foot and they're like, oh my God, toes. So they're like, there's digits on his terminus. They have all these different like costal struts and terminus mm-hmm. and telencephalon. Um, and I was like, this is so cool. Like they had kind of world built mm-hmm. this alien race we've never seen before and we'll never see again. And they were like, what are you? And the camera pans up and it's Riker who's like beaten and bloodied and unconscious. And we're like, but he's got this weird alien face. And apparently he was wearing surgically altered big gloves to hide his five fingers that these other aliens don't have. They only have like three fingers. They kind of, they kind of have like almost like, um, like the traveler sort of. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And so that's why I thought this was such an incredible pre-credit suspense scene because we've got this world building. Did you notice the EKG machine was this like whole different program? I was like, oh God, that is so cool. And it's Riker and we're like, oh shit, you know, Mm -hmm. like right off the top. That's why I thought it was great suspense. So good. It was. And like your first, my first thought was like, retro, like he is in some (laughs) deep trouble because first of all, he's been beaten into next week somehow. Yep. 
And when he wakes up, he has to explain why none of his organs are there slash in the right place. Uh, mm-hmm. How's he going to get himself out of this one? He's, I just don't see it. So it was like really good kind of open loop where you don't mm-hmm. automatically know exactly how the episode's going to end. I mean, you know, he's going to be rescued. You know, he's going to be back on the ship, but you can't see, you can't connect the dots just from this scene. So I really like that. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. It's like, I can't quite see how you're going to get there yet. Now, Riker does end up, you know, credits run. And we come back and Riker comes to, and the doctors ask him some identifying questions, which doctors usually do. What is your name? What's your address? What's your birthday? What year is it? That kind of stuff. And he, I love that Riker has a whole spiel memorized. He's Mm -hmm. Rivas, Jakara from like the Marta continent, which is like the Southern continent. He doesn't have any family. Like he has a whole spiel, which Mm -hmm. I love. And they're Mm -hmm. like, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and check on that. But the doctors are like, I don't know. He's got five fingers and stuff. Like something is very weird about this. Yeah. They're like, what's up with these digits? And he's like, oh, it's a birth defect. And why are you missing organs? Genetic issues. Birth defect. And it looks like your face has been surgically altered so that it looks this way, but it normally doesn't. Birth defect? Birth defect. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, mmm. Right. So the doctors are like, they're kind of doing the thing from last week where like, raise your hand if you believe data and nobody raises their hand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like, raise so your hand if you so believe much. Jakara. And it's like, yeah. mm, 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 mm. we Nothing. don't believe this at all. You know what I did notice? It is nice to see that there are male and female doctors, but also I noticed that there are like a bunch of different skin tone people on this planet as well. There's like a black man who's this alien. There's like an Asian woman who's this alien. And I was like, Yes. Like this alien has representation and diversity, just like our planet. Like a planet would. Yeah. Like like a a real real planet planet would. would. (laughs) Yeah. Which I was like, yes, this is awesome. This is probably like the first and last time we'll see a planet like that other than earth. I know. Yay for that. Like, Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. It took till season four, but I will take it. A planet that has more than one looking person that are actually Mm -hmm. still the same alien species. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not like totally different aliens. Agreed. Agreed. Um, now there is some discussion among the doctors of being like, this is what comes from all this space flight and space, this exploration and that. And it's like, Ooh, okay. So they are a pre-warp society, but kind of like just barely on the cusp of warp. They've got their, yeah, they've got their toe across the line. They're about to launch their first warp capable, um, vehicle vessel. Yeah. Yeah, A vessel. They're about to launch it. So they're like, about to be warped, which is so exciting, except for the fact that there's a huge controversy around the space program, which we find out as the episode unfolds, that these people are kind of like, space is cool, science is cool, technology is cool, but at the same time, they are terrified of technology. And they, you know, there's people in their community that are terrified of technology. They are terrified of change. And the idea of going to space just seems incredibly reckless and kind of crazy town. So I love that juxtaposition because again, kind of like a real planet, right? You're going to have people on both sides of the issue. And Mm -hmm. for us as Americans, usually we lean towards the technology side and the naysayers are like the minority. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Embrace technology. But here's a flip where you've got these few people who are like, come on, we need to go to space. And everyone else is like, space is different. Space is weird. Maybe we should just stay here and and not really worry about the outside. That felt very, I don't believe in science to me. And like, Mm -hmm. that is why I felt those like shades of like what we're experiencing in our culture today. Um, And I do love that, like the reason that the enterprise is here in the first place, which we find out pretty immediately is that 
the science minister, Marasta, is working in her lab like late one night and Picard and Troy just transport in, like surprising the shit out of her. Mm -hmm. And they detail that they've been monitoring her progress into work capability. And it has come time for first contact. And so this is like how we know, like they're right on the verge of taking that Mm -hmm. step. Mm -hmm. And Picard does say, we have found over the years that it is better to kind of like pop in, surprise you and introduce ourselves other than waiting for you to warp out and meet God knows who and start some sort of intergalactic conflict. Mm -hmm. So we just want to sort of let you know that we're here. And I had a few questions. One why would you just appear on her and freak her the fuck out? Why not mm-hmm. beam in like around the corner and then just like and just come in and be like, like or beam beam to out in front of her door and then knock on the door? Yes, exactly. Like beam in front of the door and knock on her door. Um, why do this in private where she can convince herself that she's like lost her mind or it was a hallucination? <laughs> you know, and also I thought, why not just like have the ship? have the enterprise just sort of waiting in outer orbit so that when their ship comes out, they'd be like, Oh, Hey guys, we're the enterprise. We're friendly. We're from the Federation. You know, here's a welcome basket. Welcome to warp civilization. Mm -hmm. Good job, everybody. You know? And I was just like, why, why this was not well thought out at all. Like anybody can be convinced that they've worked too many hours and not slept enough and just hallucinated these people. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like. Yeah, that's those are good questions. And I think it's really hard to know the right way to do a first contact situation because like Picard said, we don't want you to we don't want to meet you in deep space and then have some kind mm-hmm. of conflict because you didn't know other people out there and now we're freaking you out. It'd be the equivalent of beaming into their living room, but like in space, which yeah. is scary. And they're more yes. likely to just shoot first and ask questions later if they yeah. get really scared. So he did say the reason why we reveal ourselves to just like one person or a small handful of people when we make first contact is because we want to kind of feel out how mm-hmm. much reception we would get. And usually we go to like the head of the society or whatever, but this time we went to you because you're the head of the science program, whatever. So there was some explanation for why they did it the way they did. I'm not sure if they tried a bunch of different ways, if that would have any effect, like if that mm-hmm. would be any better. I feel like just Maras actually says it later on the episode that their culture believes that they are the center of the universe and they believe mm-hmm. they're the only ones who live in the yes. galaxy. Yes. So at any point with them running into anybody else that totally screws up their worldview, that there are yes. other planets and other people and they're not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think they were in a really sticky situation and Picard wasn't going to do this except for the fact that Riker was missing. So he was like, yeah, just our timetable and just be like, Ta-da! nice to meet you, Marasta. We're aliens. And also our friends lost. Can you help us? And she's like, yes, me- uh, this is- yeah, this is kind of like the episode with the with the Taksu Tot when um, the future people just came and Picard was like, OK, fine, I'll get it to for you. Like, whatever. You know, and you're just like, no, nope. we are from the future. He's like, just, 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 I got Doesn't it. Matter just who. Stop talking. Doesn't matter who. Just here. Here's, I will the, get you the, here's the mini CD. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like that, finding technology that'll play yes, this bad boy. But okay, yes. go ahead. I felt like that with Marasta. She was just kind of like, oh my gosh, aliens. Cool. Okay. So, oh, you want me that's to go to your what I thought, I'm down for that's that. That's what I thought. Okay. So this poor woman is beamed up onto the Enterprise and she is drop dead ready to be like, the aliens beam me up and I saw them hanging out and Ted Ford and having cocktails and we had intergalactic chit chat. Why didn't they beam her up and take her to the observation lounge just to look at her planet and just to know there's a spaceship? Yeah. Like you that's- don't need to see, you don't need to see Bolians, 
and Klingons. This and is a lot. All the stuff. Like, that would be terrifying. So they bring Morast up to 10 4 to see the planet below and tell her about. And she's just uh, like, yes. Okay, this listen, as any scientist, <laughs> you and I are both scientists. And she's a scientist. So I'm going to say we're the same person. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be like, yeah. I have some questions. Okay. Before we start having, yes. you know, an Aldebrin, uh, whatever the fuck drink. Yeah. Or what, no, sure, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this? Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. I think I would have had questions before the transportation. Yeah. You're not the whole removing me. Ship. You're not like, removing Ooh. me from anywhere. Right. But let's say I did. Let's say I was like, I didn't really believe them, which yes. sounds like me. I'd be like, yeah, yeah sure. Prove it. And then they beat me to their ship. I would, I wouldn't have left the transporter room because I'd be like, did that really happen? How does this technology work? What about myself? Did you rearrange me? Did you make a copy? Is this just my mind? Did you transport my mind, but not my body? Yes. yes. I would have like, I would have never made it to 10 forward. I would have been stuck there with O'Brien. Like, is this real? Is this true? What is this thing I'm standing on? What are the lights for? Do we need the lights? In the middle of your sentence, O'Brien would have just been like, okay. And just beamed you right back. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. And you're still talking and you just end up back. It's Please a, find it's someone a, else. It's 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 interplanetary hanging up on you. <laughs> it just beamed you back. <laughs> now this is the, now actually <laughs> this is a very interesting like sort of dichotomy where the Malkorians are on the verge of this warp civilization um, or warp technology that's going to like be the next step in their evolution, right? However, um, I'm going to say it was Galileo who was one of the first like sort of astronomers and the Galilean idea was that the earth was the center of the universe. And then Copernicus came around hundreds of years later and was like, wait, no, we go around the sun. The sun must be the center of the universe. Right? So the leap between Copernicus and Galileo, you know, Galileo thinking the earth is the planet, you know, the center of the universe Mm -hmm. to where we haven't even been yet, which is warped technology if we could let's just argue that like that's something we could reach that's a span of like Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of years so to think that this planet is on the verge of like warp drive capability and still think through the center of the universe i'm like huh like that did not add up to me Mm. at all i didn't even think about that i didn't think about that at all what i did think about I know what I did think about, and we're jumping around a little bit in this episode, which is fine. Cause this is pretty much the episode. Like this is what happens. So the thing about that, that got me was later on in the episode, Picard does reveal his presence through, um, Marissa Marasta. She brings, um, she brings Picard to meet the chancellor. Mm-hmm. Who's like the president yep. of the world. And she brings Picard to meet him. And Picard doesn't come in some weird, like, you know, alien face he just comes in his normal face and he's just like hello i'm an alien and i'd like to speak with you and the chancellor's like Mm -hmm. what what and they sit and they have a great conversation and all throughout what really struck me was the fact that the chancellor was so open and understanding i was like this is like no politician that's ever existed on the planet earth ever for so many reasons because if he's the leader of this society that is actively against scientific Mm -hmm. progress he, even though he's for scientific progress, the fact that he got elected or whatever, it seems like it's an election. Oh yeah. Cause he, the other guy said like, yes, you'll, you'll lose yes. the election or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's like an, it's like a, um, de- democratic type world. If he got elected to lead these people who are kind of technology adverse, I would think that his platform, his leanings, his values, his beliefs would also be pretty set yes. in their ways. So even if he was mm. like, but I think we need to be more, I think we need a little more technology, which yeah. I could totally see. To the point where he's just like, oh, there's aliens and that's fine. 
oh, there's war. Oh, we're not the center of the universe. Okay. I, I totally believe that. I accept it. And I'm going to go home and tell my family that mm-hmm. we're not the center of the universe. I was like, mm, that doesn't that's the part that right. got me. I was like, that's really unrealistic that someone could change their worldview. Exactly. That someone could change their worldview about who they are in like, yeah, space in like seconds, a lunch. even with the yeah. alien. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I mean, this again, if the alien came to an LA hospital, it would be more like the truth is out there. The government knew all along. Like yes. it'd be a lot of things, but it wouldn't be like, we're no longer the most important yes. things in the world. Like that would take some time for that thought. Oh no, it actually would, it would take some time to process all of that. And for, I mean, I love the idealistic world that Gene Roddenberry created and the idealistic universe that he created mm-hmm. where these highly idealized aliens will come to visit the Malkorians. The Malkorians will also like, they'll have some foibles, that, but the Chancellor will be a very idealistic sort of character as mm-hmm. well, who will totally take this blow to his ego and be like, well, what do you know? Like there's all these other more powerful races and we're not the center of the universe anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for dropping by. Like you've given me lots to think about Bye. like, no, it's just, it's yes. just, odd. Yeah. you're right. Like the ego around these people who think that the universe literally revolves around them. And don't we all know people who think that, mm-hmm. but like, Mm -hmm. those people you can't change that person's mind so to change a whole race of people who believe that like that's really really tough now meanwhile Mm -hmm. poor Riker is still in this effing hospital and he's like help help you know the doctors are like hey buddy we checked your place of residence that's like a restaurant nobody's ever heard of you like Mm -hmm. you clearly Mm -hmm. are not from here so it kind of the veil sort of drops where he's like okay so I need to just get the fuck out of here and like I need you to let me go and they're Mm -hmm. like nope nope so his differences from these other people are becoming this hot topic of conversation so it's becoming what you suggested might happen which is the word would spread very quickly that there's this like very very different being mm-hmm. now we're gonna have to talk about this the pink argyle <laughs> elephant in the room that we wish you we know could what send back dare to wherever you it came it from argyle because i happen to like argyle and now <laughs> i like pink and i like argyle just not on an elephant which is like kind of this part yes. of the episode where it's just like so mm. Riker is trying to escape And while he's trying to escape, a doctor who has clearly escaped her porn shoot comes in and tells Riker (laughs) that she can help him escape if he has sex with her. So I'm going to go ahead and keep the porn Yeah, and she's... Because I couldn't think of anything more ridiculous in in anything to happen to Star Trek. It was like, what the fuck am I looking at right here? I can't wait to go back and listen to this episode to hear the porn music that you've inserted. (laughs) Another first for us here yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. Things are getting real racy. Yeah. So, like, this scene is so horrible for all uh, the reasons. And I feel like it dramatically decreases, like, the value. This episode yes. Was. The value of this episode. Because now it's like, wait, what? And you could see that she's, like, really, cre- like, that's so the character creepy. they created. Someone who's just, like, really into yeah. aliens and whatever. Because she's like, I like aliens. I've always wanted to do it with an alien. First Who of all, says I that? just thought, whatever. if you've always wanted to make love to an alien, that is a very small reunion when that support group gets together, like, twice a month. That is, like, a group yeah. of four people yeah. on the whole planet. It's like those women who, like, Seriously. dream about marrying, like a, like, like, a serial murderer or something. Like, Charles Manson gets a shit ton of, like, love mail from people who, like, fantasize Mm -hmm. about this and it's like i don't understand this mindset at all and that's what this feels like to me like a woman who has always dreamed of having sex with an alien also holding his freedom for ransom can you imagine the gender rules if they were reversed 
I was thinking that. And I also thought they didn't do that because Riker's always kind of playing yeah. the field. And I also thought in general, guys, at least in the American culture, they're kind of trained to always be ready to go. Like if a beautiful woman wants to sleep with you, you're supposed it's to be like, very yes, I totally, 90s. you know, it's, it's a win, yeah. you know, but like, that's, it's one thing if you're at a bar and a beautiful woman mm-hmm. wants to sleep with you. It's another thing. If a woman says, I'll give you your freedom. If only you sleep with me, that's a bunch of BS. Like that is some crap. Like I cannot believe that they wrote that line, that they filmed that line, that they produced it, that they published it like that. It's still there. Like all the things this scene should be taken out mm-hmm. and shot, but it's in there. So that was um, definitely the low light. Yes. And the she episode. deigns to say it's not that much to ask. Ridiculous. Sorry. Ridiculous. Guys, and then I know that this is audio, but if you guys could have seen Sharice's deadpan eye roll, it <laughs> was worth its weight in gold. Ugh. It's not that much to ask. Can you imagine if a man said that to a woman who was trying to escape? And Riker is like, well, if I well, must, I must. And I'm like, oh, what is happening? By the way. Right. And thankfully, we don't see what happens. But in the next scene, we see him poking his head off. Yeah. The door like, oh, oh, buddy. By the way. That actress um, or that character, Linnell, is played by B.B. Neurith, who plays Lilith from Cheers and Frasier. She is a Mm -hmm. critically acclaimed actress. She is on Broadway and is like a superstar. This was a really Mm -hmm. big get for Star Trek to have an actress of this stardom, this level of stardom, be a guest star. And mm-hmm. she ends up being the person who holds Riker's freedom at ransom for sex. And I'm like, what on earth? Yeah, it was really a waste. Really of was. I mean, she did get to play an interesting and or she did get to play a memorable, uh, I should say, a memorable character. In a very the only part I remembered episode, of this episode. Yeah, yeah but no. not for any good reason. No. So yeah. is that what we want? And then, and then she pokes her head out <laughs> and then she's like, psst, psst, come this way. And she does the whole like, will I see you again? And he does the whole, like, I'll call you bit. And I was like, this was just so played for laughs. And I'm like, what asinine? Like, no, there was nothing funny, but like he did the like whole, like typical male, I'll call you, but they had to star Trek it up. So it's like, I'll call you if I'm ever back in your star system. And then he makes it about 20 feet before he stopped and beaten to a bloody pulp by everyone in the hospital. That's the same thing I thought. What was the point of that? Yeah. The whole fuck your way to freedom thing did not get very far. It got about 20 feet. He could have just, he left. just left mm-hmm. and he got beat to a bloody pulp and like complete, like all of his healing to near death. He got beaten to near death a mere 30 seconds after, after he zipped his pants up. sexual encounter yeah. for his freedom. And I feel like she did not hold up her end of the bargain. Just pointing to the right. She already told him she could go to, he could go to the right before she did the whole she, sex yeah, thing. Yeah, she told him, she told him that exactly. If you're going to hold him for ransom, you need to walk him out the front door, get him a wig, a mask, some other stuff. I mean, you were just like, go to the right, but you already said that. Do the whole, do the whole thing they always do when they're uh, having somebody escape from a hospital. Make him look like you're going to the morgue, wrap yeah. him up with a sheet. From Put him in a toe. trench coat and a hat or something. Do something. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the chancellor and Marasta find out that Riker's being held at this medical facility and she goes to get him. Because at this point, the director of the hospital is like, all right, we have to tell the government. Like we we're trying to keep it quiet, trying to figure out what we should do next. But at this point, it's at the point where he almost yep. got beat to death and we have to take him right back into that room and do some more surgery on him. This is this is a we whole have bunch. to tell the government. And also, 
I was kind of amazed that they were able to help him at mm-hmm. all, being as that he's an alien. Yeah, being. I'm sorry. If an if an insect alien crash landed on our planet and needed medical help, I'd be like, um, oxygen. I don't. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I was kind of like, how did they do anything in the first place? And now that he's near death, how are they going to do anything now? This is just such a sticky situation. This is um, the last sort of part of this episode is like the political portion of this episode where the Mm -hmm. chief of staff for the chancellor, they totally gave him like the Nazi doctor glasses. And he's very much like attached to the old way of life where he's like, no, we are not ready for this. I don't want to let go of my old way of life. Like this whole episode seemed very metaphorical. The head of security. Yeah. Like the security. Yes. So this whole Mm -hmm. episode seemed to me. He's like the. This whole episode seemed very like metaphorical towards those who like resist inevitable change. Right. Where they're, you know, it, Mm. it reminds me a lot of like. Usually during like an election year the president elect or like whoever's running for office will usually go visit like coal workers in like some of the coal states and promise like that they can keep their jobs. We're like coal is we're moving out of like coal driven power and into like cleaner, more renewable energy mm-hmm. sources. And you have a lot of coal workers who are mm-hmm. like, this is the only job I've ever had my whole life. You can't put us out of a job. And it becomes and the whole town runs exactly. on the coal mill, exactly. like the entire it town becomes a problem of like, we can't shut down this like, you know, energy source that's like we're running out of in order to make way for like this inevitable change, because a lot of people are like, no, no, you can't get rid of this like old thing that we need where really it's like a teeny tiny slice of like what that life is. Like maybe we could retrain or like put you in a new industry. So you still have jobs, but we need to move away from coal into like solar energy or whatever. Right. Like there's always something going on like that during an election year. And it feels very much like this episode where you've got this head of security. Who's like, we have this way of life. I'm not ready to give it up. I do not want to like give this up. Um, you know, where you have jobs mm-hmm. that move towards like um automation and people are like, no, no, I need I need I need my job. And so they're willing to kind mm-hmm. of like throw themselves in front of the like tracks of this train of progress. And it's really unfortunate because this head of security is like, hey Riker, so I'm gonna make it look like you killed me so I could be a murder for my people. And like you. They so they won't, won't trust you yes, and the other aliens. Which is so unfortunate because the chancellor and Picard were making like these huge diplomatic strides. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. you just had to be like the cog that like fucked everything up. But what I appreciated about their kind of takeaway message for this was that this security guy, it wasn't like just his viewpoints. The mm-hmm. culture was very much divided mm-hmm. on this issue. There, He represented a whole mm-hmm. lot of people. It wasn't just like this random crazy guy. And why is he in a position of power? He represented the, um, they ended up firing the medical director and getting another guy, the guy who yep. beat Riker half to death because he believed yeah. the old ways. And they got rid of the guy who's like, well, old ways or not, I'm a doctor. Yeah. I'm not going to kill somebody. Do no harm. Right. And so, yeah, so he, he kind of represents a whole ton of people. And in this scene where he sets Riker up to look like he killed him with his own phaser, um, did you notice there's yeah, a new phaser setting? It's called knock over um the IV bag. Yes. I called it, I called it push. Yeah. The new phaser as soon setting. As I is push. saw that, they I just... was like, Sharice is gonna have something to say about this. Totally. Uh, I was like, oh, we can do that yeah. too. We can just use the phaser, push stuff around the room. That's amazing. These phasers are something else, yeah. I'll tell you. Um, but yeah, that was really heartbreaking. And thankfully, at the same time. 
that um, Krola is trying to set up Riker. Um, Marasta is trying to convince the chancellor, you have to tell Picard Mm -hmm. where Riker is. He almost was killed. I was in the room when Krola said, inject him with these drugs that could kill him. Just so we can interrogate him. Did you notice after Krola said, inject him with the drugs that could kill him. And Marissa's like, I'm going to go tell the chancellor on you. Did you notice how she walked in on the chancellor? She strolled in like, Hey buddy. Do you have a minute? You don't. That. Okay, I'll, I'll wait. I'll she went wait at you. she went at impulse power instead no, of like she went nine. on like one quarter fucking impulse. She walked in so slow, <laughs> and I was like, "You needed to go in at warp nine and be like, Chancellor, they're about to kill this like Commander Riker, and like we got to stop." It. And she was like, "Hey, do you have a minute?" And then the Enterprise is gonna yeah, blow us yeah, out no, of the sky. Gonna destroy our planet, and then they're gonna summon Q, who's gonna blip us out of existence, and it's gonna be a whole thing, right? <laughs> she walked in basically under like steam engine power that was set to like a teeny. T- <laughs> it was like yeah, thirteen miles an hour, slower <laughs> than a bicycle. <laughs> it was like baby crawl speed. It was so fucking slow. I was like. This, we're, we're, she's clearly at pre-warp technology because she is not zipping in there like she needs to be to like save Riker who's like being drugged to within an inch of his life I was so upset when I saw that I was like hurry up <laughs> hurry up <laughs> I did not notice that I usually notice when they're taking mm, way too long but I didn't mm, notice mm, that I was so angry but I will that. say that when I will say Krola's whole like shooting himself i did not see that coming i thought he was going to shoot Riker. That's what I, thought I thought he was going to kill Riker because and so when he was like i'm going to show my people if this is what i have to do then i was like oh yes. my gosh like that was totally a twist well i, I do not love that because they're not familiar with phasers it was set on stun so he just stunned himself i was like yeah. oh okay thankfully, thankfully so he'll be fine now right after this stun happens um dr crusher and a couple of like medical team not nurse ogawa which i was like oh man we only got her like last week but not yet as a regular Mm -hmm. she beamed she beamed in and she's like wait i'm a physician i mean you no harm um i also need to get this other idiot krola like up to sick bay as well to try to like revive him (laughs) picard happens to be with the chancellor who overhears the communication because you know com badges and the Mm -hmm. chancellor's like sure take krola as well let's kind of get this all sorted out now, Beverly does say later on, like, there was no way that Riker was in any position to be firing any kind of weapon. Like, it was very clearly, like, placed in his hand. Um, also, it was mm-hmm. on stun. So, Krola will be fine. But Krola does make a point to the Chancellor where he's like, we are not ready for these people. And mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. Chancellor does come back to Picard and he says, look, my people are kind of too self-centered to see themselves to not see themselves as the center of the universe. And I Mm -hmm. really can't take people's egos and somebody going, our egos are too big to take this right now. Can you circle back in like 150 years? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Get over yourself. The fact that you guys can say that your egos are too big to take not being the center of the universe tells me you guys are not ready for first contact yet. And I feel so bad for Marasta. She's like, but, but I, but my whole life warp capability. Uh, yeah, but he was right. And I think that Durkin, mm-hmm. the chancellor was actually a very good leader. And I think that was a good call because his people are not ready. And he said, what more evidence do we need? I mean, the second they saw Riker, they beat him yes. within to an inch of his life. And Krolo was ready to kill himself rather than have the aliens be revealed to the world. It's just like the, their reaction to meeting mm-hmm. anyone from the enterprise would mm-hmm. be deadly. It wouldn't just be like, 
oh, that hurt my feelings. Or like, wow, what a surprise. It would be riots in the streets, people losing their freaking minds. They are so not anywhere near ready. So it's unfortunate that Durkin's like, we're going to pull back on the space program. We're going to, although this was clever too, this was like a strategy. He said, we're going to focus on education and social Mm -hmm. systems or something like that. Which I think is true. So that we can get ready. And I was like, oh, that's clever. He's not just saying we're Mm going to ignore it and hope it changes Mm -hmm. by itself. He's like, no, we're going to take money out of the thing that scares everybody, put it into something that seems completely non-threatening and through those systems, educate our people so that they're more ready when the time comes. And I thought he's such a cool guy. I like him a lot. That is a great leader. I do remember reading about a number of um, people who came into power during really critical times and they're like, town or country's development when like riots were taking Mm -hmm. over murder was taking over crime and drug use was taking over and instead of like putting all of taxpayer dollars into like military force to like squash those like horrible things that were going on they were you know there was one very notable um professor i believe who was elected like mayor of his city um and was like we're going to take this money and put it into education. We're going to do after school programs. We're going to make education accessible to all. You don't have to pay for it. And through that ended up providing people with like education and opportunities to better themselves and provide a future for themselves that didn't involve like drug running and like gang warfare and that kind of Mm, stuff, because mm -hmm. that tends to be, and I really know nothing about gang warfare, but like that tends to be a thing that people fall into when like there are very little opportunities in your life to advance yourself any other Mm -hmm. way. And I was like, Oh, that's so smart. So I did like that. He did that. I think it was a shame that he was like, can you circle back in 150 years? Cause our egos can't take it. But I think what really makes me sad about this episode is that if an alien was like discovered now in 2022, we would still behave the same way. I think that there would be a lot of people Mm -hmm. Who, like Morasta, would be like, no, we can learn from them. We can, you know, better ourselves. We are not alone in the universe, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And then the vast majority, you get like horde mentality where people would probably storm that hospital Mm -hmm. and kick the shit out of that alien Mm -hmm. and kill them. Or burn the hospital to the ground if they can't get in. And whoever dies inside a lateral, yeah, lateral damage situation. And it would be, and that's like the ignorant times i think we still live in like extremely barbaric times which is really sad like kind of as a whole yeah i don't yeah yeah i don't know if by the time we get to the timeline in which tng was happening will be any different like because it's only like 300 years or whatever it's not that it's not that far away um but it kind of gives me shades of arrival so if you're listening and you've seen arrival you Mm -hmm. already know where i'm going with this if you have not seen arrival Pause this episode. Yeah. Go watch Arrival and then come back yeah. to our conclusion. No, I'm just kidding. Keep listening. Don't don't go or anywhere. Don't watch this episode um, but at in all. Arrival, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. In Arrival, these aliens show up. And of course, there's military mm-hmm. all over the place. There's a lot of people outside of the barrier yeah. zone or whatever who are like, what's going on? I mean, there's just like a lot of mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. and tension and confusion. And some people are super excited and some people are not excited. But definitely we've got all the weapons ready mm-hmm. just in case. And I think that's a very American yeah. approach to danger and newness. And so as an American, I get it. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we would have been super no. accepting of the, this alien yeah. any more than these people were. And at the end, this is another twist that I didn't see coming. At the very end, Marast is just like, please, one request. Can I please stay with you? Like, I'm seeking yes. asylum from my people. And I like I saw that coming because you could just see the, the like, yes. panic in yeah. her eyes when Picard was going to leave. But what I did not see coming was Picard actually agreeing with that? 
that was mm-hmm. a total surprise because I thought he was going to be like, no prime directive or like uh, one thing I actually thought was you're going to be taken away from your people forever yes. because Picard did say, we're probably not going to come back to this planet in your lifetime. And she's like, a okay. And he did say like, I cannot, I cannot imagine you are prepared for what space travel entails because How could she's she been be? on the enterprise two times and her society has not prepared her for this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he was absolutely right. And the fact that she's like, Oh, please. I've dreamt of this my whole life. It's like, yeah, but I think same. you might find, I think you might find it's not remotely what a nine-year-old dreams of. So I was really surprised that he allowed that mm-hmm. because you know, prime directive, but okay, whatever it is, what it is. He allowed her. And she was like, yes. And then, yeah. and the chancellor was like, I think it's a great idea because he was like, she's not going to be happy because in the beginning, especially he was saying, knowing now what she yeah, knows. Exactly. And in the beginning he was, when he found out that Marasta told Picard not to say anything about Riker, he was like, if I didn't depend on you so much for the space program, I would fire you right now. And mm-hmm. so knowing now they're going to have to pull way back from the space program. And he's yeah. going to have to put all kinds of restrictions on her learning and development and research and everything for like and her whole life her, yeah, for the rest of her life and probably yeah, her children's yeah. lives. Um, he was like, no, she'll be happier here where she can actually explore what she's passionate about and yeah, live the, yeah. you know what I mean? So I thought, I thought all that was interesting, but I also thought like, she's, she's not ready for this. This is crazy. Like you're leaving your place. If an alien came today, I would not leave my whole world. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, even if it's for science and I love science, I would not mm-hmm. leave my, and maybe she has no close ties to family or whatever, but like your whole planet, like never see another human again. Like your entire, oh, can't every like single that. thing you've ever known. Yeah. Everything you've ever known. I mean, listen, going to see Mott having himself a nice cider and 10 forward might seem exciting for a second until mm-hmm. you realize that everything that's ever tethered you to your life is gone. Like, I yes. think that would be really hard. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of would like a, where is she now on Marasta? I think that'd be really interesting. Same. Um, final thoughts on the episode. I really, really like this episode because I compared it to, like I told you, I just kept thinking, what would this be like in our lifetime? Mm-hmm. And I think it would be so much worse <laughs> than what it was in this episode. Yeah. I think it would be a complete disaster. I don't think we're ready. And nope. I loved the parallels of this. This seemed very realistic to me. Like, yeah, this is what would happen times a million. Like I, yes. I liked it. What about you? Yes. Um, I thought the episode was okay. Um, I absolutely hated the, like, I'll have sex with you if you show me freedom and then I'm going to get 20 feet down the road and then get the crap beat out of me. Like that was horrific. So yeah. I'm just going to pretend like that didn't happen. Cause it was so dumb, mm-hmm. but you know, we watched this episode and I think this is where we are as a, as a human race with our ego. We watched this episode identifying as the Federation, but really we're the egomaniacs on the surface who can't take the idea of like not being the superpower in the universe. Mm-hmm. And so that really makes us like the more barbarians. <laughs> but of course, having that ego, we're like, of course, we're the Federation. We're the enlightened ones. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> we're not. We would, you, we would absolutely kill that alien and mm-hmm. burn the hospital to the ground and mm-hmm. probably most of the town. Mm-hmm. And then we jump on like a, you know, like some media and like spread some conspiracy theories. Like it's just, I mean, that's exactly what's going on. Look at what's going on now with like the people who think birds are like surveillance mm-hmm. machines. Like, where are we? And like, this is, we are absolutely that's, that race on the planet who's just not ready. We're just not Mm -hmm. ready. Um, And that makes me kind of sad, but I will say, I think this episode really excels at world building in the Star Trek universe, Mm -hmm. exploring like the hallmarks of Starfleet, 
the United Federation of Planets and alien contact concepts Mm -hmm. are really interesting because Picard had said in that first contact, we have learned not to wait for you to reach us, Mm -hmm. that it is better for us to reach you because he did mention that a first contact went wrong with the Klingons that sparked a war that lasted decades. Mm -hmm. So the idea that they have like a system and protocols in place, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. 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 Great episode. Um, We'll probably forget all about it tomorrow, but for today, great episode. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, we're breaking down season four, episode 16, Galaxy's Child, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.